Disney's investor call reveals so many sequels. Future Jurassic movie doesn't have a director, and the Oscars gets a new category for 2026. All that and more coming up on this week's Multiverse News. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Multiverse News, your source of information about all your favorite fictional universes. My name is Matthew Carroll, and uh, with me on the panel today, we have J. Scotty St. Clair. What's going on, J. Scotty? Hey, what's up? Uh, I want to go officially on record and say that the J and J. Scotty does not stand for Jesus. <laughs> even Marvel Jesus? Not even Marvel okay. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Uh, Haley Hobbs, what's happening? I'm changing Scotty's name and my phone number now. <laughs> in my phone number and my phone. <laughs> Jesus Scotty St. Clair. Yep. Uh, in all of our phones. Uh, <laughs> Jay Sisson, what's up, bud? I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to follow any of this, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no need, no need. You, you, you just your presence is all we need to follow. I appreciate we that. Say. Thank you. And what um, a presence! <laughs> what a presence you have. Your presence is a present, sir. Uh, and uh, we wanted to first highlight a, a new five-star review we got this week. Lucy in the Sky 325 says, I love this podcast. I look forward to every episode. I always feel incredibly informed about all the movies and TV shows that I love. I laugh out loud during every episode, too. Keep this show coming, please. Uh, we will. We will, Lucy uh, in the Sky. Thank you so much for the kind five-star review. You guys need to go post a five-star review on uh, Apple, and maybe we'll read yours next week. That'd be really helpful. Uh, how are you guys doing this week? Any, anything uh, going on? I mean, it is Valentine's Day, uh, I guess, when you're listening to this, so that's something. Ooh, good point. I yeah. uh, I do a singing telegram business, and so tomorrow's my busiest day of the year. <laughs> like, how many are we talking in a day? It's, it's not that many because I didn't run ads this year. I just got work from people who've seen them before. So I have like twelve so far. That, and that's I'll probably, still a busy day. Sure. Yeah, it's a busy, <laughs> a busy day, day, and they're all over town. So it's mostly driving. The singing telegrams are like two minutes long, but the driving is like boom, 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 boom all over town. <laughs> Do so. you have one song or multiple songs? So it's uh oh well it's it, there's a list. It's a song. It's my song list. So like I already know all the songs, so I have to like learn anything. Um, yeah. It, it, there's this whole song list, and people choose, and then I go out and hit the different but i only sing one song to each person if that's what you're asking no i meant like you have one single song that you sing <laughs> to no 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 i do like a bunch of different ones like you know but they're all just pop songs like 
A lot of people like to like, can't take my eyes off you. You're just too good to be true. 10 things I hate about you. Uh, reference. It always feels mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that'll be fun tomorrow. Uh, well, the 2024 Super Bowl was the most watched program in American television history with 123.4 million viewers. Uh, three of us were here to talk about it on the night, but it felt right to kick off tonight with a Haley's Corner. What did you think about the Super Bowl festivities, all the trailers, and uh, I guess the sports too? Uh, well, the superb owl was excellent this year since it went in the favor of my Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, yeah, back to back. That's right. Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. And uh, I, <laughs> I did laugh when I saw that stat of the viewership because it's literally one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, and that's crazy. Um, crazy that it's like the most watched thing I saw in puberty today. It was like since the moon landing. Wow. Yeah. That's the power and economics of Taylor Swift, (laughs) y'all. It it really is. I mean, the Super Super Bowl is is a big chunk of that already. (laughs) But like Taylor Swift like has such a different slice of the pie that she brings in a whole new audience. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the trailers were fun. Um I watched them all later because I was definitely focused on the game. Uh, Deadpool 3, I'm not ashamed to admit, looks like a good time. And the scene that really sold me is when he's uh, slow-mo loading and unloading those cartridges in his guns. I was like, okay, like I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. They got me. They got me in my sweet spot. Um, so I really liked that one. Um, I know I texted you guys about Twisters and I was like, oh, <laughs> Glenn Powell's in this movie. I might have to go see it for educational purposes. Only. Like maybe, maybe the tornado, maybe the tornado will rip his shirt off. <laughs> if maybe they're smart, happen. it will. Smart tornadoes. <laughs> and then smart my other tornadoes. big one was Wicked, um, which looks fun. Looks like they're bringing in some new scenes and new stuff that's not in the musical. Um, I'm just cautiously optimistic because of Miss Ariana Grande in there, but. <laughs> Uh, Cynthia, is it Ivero? Is that how you say Arivo? her last name? Arivo. Sorry, thanks. Um, she looks great as Alphaba. Jonathan Bailey, he's got stage uh, background, so he plays Fierro, and I love him. He's great. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. All, all the mm. other ones I felt like I'd seen a lot because I've been going to the movies so much for our Oscars watch and stuff. But <laughs> right. I was kind of like, yeah, I've seen these. So you guys touched on them very well. Well, thank you. Uh, you're no wicked. Did they add more to the end of the story to line it up with more of Wizard of Oz, or is that my imagination? I've seen it in on stage, but I've never. I don't remember it very well. It's. I don't think that we see Dorothy in the musical. Um, I, I think, think she so. interacts with Tin Man and Scarecrow. Maybe uh, my memory's a little fuzzy, but yeah, I think they're adding oh, that yeah. in probably to draw some people in who. Kind of like with the Mean Girls movie this year, maybe they don't know that they're going to see a movie adaptation of a musical. And mm-hmm. so this is like, hey, but remember, this is the Wizard of Oz story. Here's Dorothy. The shoes looked bomb. I was into those on Dorothy. Um, but yeah, they're adding <laughs> some stuff in that's not in the musical. Plus, it's a part one. So there's going to be a second Wicked movie. Oh, okay. Interesting. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, they split it, which I'm okay with. It's a musical. They get split up. Part one, part two, anyway. Act one, act two. So yeah. they're taking their time with it. That's fine. It's just the intermission is a two years long. One year. <laughs> oh, one year. Is Wicked a Warner Brothers joint? Uh, I thought so, but let me check. I think so. I was just going to say, because it seems like Warner Brothers 
more so than any other studio, is a real fan of the part one, part two <laughs> trend there. Ever yeah. since Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part one, part two, yeah. they've, they've never really Making let that, that go. Money. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're seeing it with Dune, mm. and I can't complain too much. Right. I yeah. mean, it makes the story, it gives a little more time, gives them things mm-hmm. to actually let you understand what's going on. You're not cutting out stuff that maybe somebody was really attached to a certain part of this musical. and. If it was an hour, 45 minutes, they'd get cut. So, yeah, those are all, all those three I'm, I'm looking forward to. Sweet. Uh, it is being distributed by Universal, not Warner Brothers. Okay. Very so maybe it's a enough. trend. They're picking it up. Uh, all right. Next up, the House of Mouse let loose several bits of exciting news during their quarterly earnings call on February 7th. They announced Moana 2, Zootopia 2, Frozen 3, Toy Story 5, Season 2 of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, and a $1.5 billion investment into Epic Games, best known for Fortnite, with the goal of creating a gaming universe that features the beloved characters from Disney's hottest franchises. And last... But never least, Taylor Swift's concert film, The Eras Tour, will stream exclusively on Disney Plus beginning March 15th. Does this direction look good for the company that has seemed in a bit of trouble lately? Yeah, Iger needed this. Uh, He needed something. (laughs) Uh, The stock price for Disney's not been great. Uh, He is facing some challenges because of that. Potential board of directors takeovers and things like that. It could get really ugly if it continues to go down. And so they needed these types of moves like they Iger kind of goes on spending sprees uh he's got like retail therapy you know whenever things aren't going well (laughs) so they went out (laughs) buying this huge chunk in epic games which is not a majority because that is such a gigantic company it's worth multi-billions of dollars and he was on uh i believe it was maybe cnbc or something after the earnings call and they were asking him about the video games, like, why did you, why did you want to get into video games? And he was basically like, well, some of my employees gave me a presentation and it just blew my mind, like how much time young people are spending on video games. It was like that, that's Iger though. You know, it's like <laughs> he, he just, he kind of gets like, somebody will tell him like, you should invest in this. He's like, cool, let's go buy a billion and a half dollars in it or whatever. So, um, I don't know what that will look like. Uh, they were very close to the vest about the gaming universe. I imagine in my worst nightmare that you put on your Apple Vision Pro and you walk around like micro transaction Disneyland and you just like have to like constantly get nickel and dimed or you like go to the ESPN version you get to sit courtside but they're like do you want to bet five dollars that he'll miss miss this free throw or whatever like popping up in your vision or something I don't know but uh, but yeah the sequels definitely stand out um, I don't know how you guys feel about these sequels, but I think Iger did mention a commitment to wanting to make sequels, which makes sense. He said something like, "They these are the only things that get people to come to the theater now. And he's not wrong. Uh, you think about some of their original movies that they put out, like Wish comes to mind recently, just did not have a great... A theatrical run but you look at frozen 3 toy story 5 like these will get people to come to the theater and not just wait for disney plus for the thing to drop i mean pixar is a perfect example like put out an original movie it's really good but nobody goes and sees it unless it's a sequel so all in all uh together like it did boost their stock price a little bit like there's some optimism um but 
it does seem like they're going to really just be focusing hard on their properties that are already developed. They said the same thing about Marvel. They said, we're not looking to develop a lot of new characters right now. Uh, we're looking to develop the properties that we already have, the successful ones. Hardly talked about Star Wars at all. You know, that seems to be 2026, like way down the line. So they're really just honing in on those on those money makers right now, it seems like. It seems like there's been such a delineation in the Disney properties. Like, Anything past this certain point in time just hasn't performed. And these are all sequels to things that are before that point in time. And it's just like, I don't know, it was it just the pandemic that really shot Disney in the foot when they were up against the pandemic in theaters and decided to launch Disney Plus, not knowing there'd be a pandemic, and then tried to overload it. Like, it's a really interesting, like, in terms of the stories they're telling, no success over here, lots of success back here. And so that's what Iger's leaning on is the success from behind 2020. And yet, how do we move forward with new stories? Like Star Wars is kind of the only one currently successfully doing it, I'd say, in terms of their major franchises, because um, Marvel's struggling. They're doing better, but it's a trickle. It's not a deluge. I, I just have to feel like there's a bit of like creative bankruptcy happen here when like happening here yeah. with all these sequels. Um, and I, you know, yeah, sequels make money. They have built in audiences, but you can't get to sequels unless you have original properties. So you have to find, like you have to make bets on new content. You have to make bets on people that have ideas and those, the new IP, but, but honestly, at these days, I don't think that's Disney's game anymore. I don't think they're up for uh, creating new content. They buy content once it's successful. That's something that went on in like the music world over the last 10, 15 years since the internet's the way people are getting famous in music nowadays. It's no longer find a local band you believe in and like put money into them and promote them. It's find a band with a huge following on Instagram and then then put money behind them. You know what I mean? Like They already have the audience. And so... Like, you know, I I just have a feeling they're going to be like doing what they've done with, you know, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, like going, buying these brands that have broken through against all odds, finally broke through. They're not, they're not making the bets themselves, which just sort of like sucks up all the money and in the ecosystem and keeps it in IPs that are tired. And I think that's not good for the overall ecosystem. Yeah. On the CNBC interview, he called the sequels easy money. So, I mean, that's how he sees, <laughs> you know, like it's the, it's not mints and words. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, I think this move makes a lot of sense from a business standpoint, like Bob Iger, like it has been a very thankless job for him to return to the role as CEO. Like he left on such a high note, like he was celebrated. People held him in such high esteem and like all of that goodwill has seemingly been diminished um, in the couple of years past that. Like every time he comes on record now, I find myself even being pretty cynical about his takes. But in terms of like a future dominated by sequels and franchises, I do find the venture with Epic Games pretty interesting because I mean, it does feel like we're getting closer and closer to that ready player one future. In terms of your worst nightmare, Jay, I, I do think that's where it's going. They're going to milk this thing for everything <laughs> it's worth. You see them doing it in Disneyland and Disney World. They're going to do that in the virtual world too. But I can't help but think about, you know, um, a few years back, they tried to launch a similar, similar thing called Disney Infinity. And it was like a a virtual toy box and the idea was like you know you could buy these um these toys like these peripherals to unlock characters in the game and it it just it kind of fell flat on its face so i'll be interested to see if they've learned their lessons and and you know are going to like you know 
really build an infrastructure around this thing. But I can't help but be excited for it as, as much as I am terrified about that future. But uh, I do want to focus in on the animated sequels a little bit too, because like the creative bankruptcy you're talking about there, Matt, like I, I wholeheartedly agree, like Pixar in particular, I think they really have to retrain people to understand that their movies are worth going to see in the theaters. So uh, Moana is not Pixar, but it's still, I think a lot of people, like they don't delineate between that, between Disney animation and Pixar. It's all the same to them. But mm. Toy Story, certainly like that is a way to bring people back to the theaters. But with Moana too, in particular, it's really interesting because from what I've heard, that story actually started as a, a Disney Plus series and they decided to yeah, retroactively reformatted into a a movie and that is because Moana has been such a popular movie on the streaming platform since it's launched it's always been like in the top 10 top five of, of viewed movies so it's just really interesting to consider we're going to have an animated sequel that started off as a series uh, being developed simultaneously with a live action adaptation because we know that that Moana live action adaptation with The Rock is is currently in the works so just a, a really interesting time for a franchise that seems so so fresh I think uh, the original Moana came out in 2016 mm. Mm. Yeah, Iger, I think he just walked in the room and he was like, we need a November release. <laughs> it's like, where's that, se- where's, that, where's that Moana series? Cut that thing up. <laughs> Serve it up for Thanksgiving. At least he didn't announce another live action remake. Yeah. Talk about creative bankruptcy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't like Moana 2 and Wicked going, ag- going up against each other at the box office. I feel like that's a recipe mm. for disaster for both movies. True. Like they have a lot of crossover there. Like True. kind of the, you know, the, the musical kind of ass, like Moana's got a lot of, a lot of a musical aspect to it. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Wicked has a strong following. That's true. Yeah. Toy Story 5, uh, you know, I don't know. Kind of felt like it should have ended with three, but. Maybe that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> Speaking about the, the the Epic Games thing too and Disney Plus, it also feels a little bit like this is part of the problem with having such a huge bankroll and being able to do whatever you want. You overinvest in an idea. And like a few years ago, it was Disney Plus. It's like streaming. We got to get our own streaming thing. And they overdid it and sort of like depleted some of their brand. They like... uh lost awareness of some of their properties because too much was going on on Disney plus people didn't even know about the more casual fans didn't even know about it. Um, and it's just, it, it, it's, it's that. And then you turn to this video game and it's like 1.5 billion. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's go all in. And yeah, like who knows a few, like a year or two from now, we're going to be like, well, that didn't really work. Like, let's do something else. And it's like, what's the next big thing? People like video games now do that. Like, yeah, you, there's this, uh, sort of thing of like, when you're uh, when you're a small business is like you test the market you you do smaller runs of things you try things out and if they are successful you do more of them but when you've got this big bankroll like Biz- Dis- Disney does you're just like you you everything's about speed and getting to the market quickly and sometimes you just make these big missteps maybe the, maybe the Epic Games one won't be a misstep but uh, you know I think it's a it's a it's a trend. All right, up next, last week we discussed the seemingly rushed new Jurassic World movie, but talks between Universal and director David Leach fell through. There's been much chatter on this show and elsewhere that a July 2nd, 2025 release date for this film is a little too ambitious. So far, it seems like life is not finding a way for this new Jurassic era. Or do we feel differently? 
Well, that was fast, wasn't it? I think it was like less than <laughs> 24 hours after we originally reported on David Leach being in talks for this thing that we found out he was no longer in talks for this thing. But uh, I, it doesn't upset me all that much. I was excited for David Leach. I think his directing sensibilities would have paired really nicely with a strong writer like David Kep. But I found myself, you know, with this news, not that surprised, but really not disappointed either, because I think this speaks to everything we've been bringing up. Like they are really trying to make this thing happen too fast. And when you get a, a director attached that quickly, uh, yeah, there was probably some things that weren't fully discussed. And when they, they came to the table and realized there were some disagreements, uh, that's why it fell through. And I actually heard from, you know, um, some insiders, apparently it was a member of David Leach's team um, kind of dismissed a member of Spielberg's team that was like responsible for the budget. And it was just like that. It was all said and done there. Like you do not mess with Spielberg. You do not mess with his people. Like, yeah, you're an up and coming director, but Jurassic Park is Steven Spielberg and you don't mess with them. So um, in that sense, you know, um, I, I hope that there's still, you know, a atmosphere of collaboration and creative flexibility. Like like we've said, the script is done. They are, they are apparently pretty happy with it, which is why they want it to happen so quickly. But I find myself just, you know, entertaining some um, some other directors now. Like I with David Leach, I found myself like, I think the possibilities are really open. And I, I one director that I kind of keep coming back to, I think about the Transformers franchise and, you know, what uh, Travis Knight was able to do with dump, with uh, Bumblebee there. I think he would be great. Like, again, he's got great visual sensibilities. He's, he's clearly a talented filmmaker. I think you pair him with somebody like David Kep with a strong script. It's going to boost everybody's career. Yeah, I kind of like the idea. Um, I think it's a, a great suggestion, uh, Travis Knight. Um, he is just got picked up today. They reported to uh, potentially direct the Masters of the Universe movie. Oh, I didn't uh, hear that. that. Uh, it's kind of been in talks. It, it, I think it just broke like an hour or two ago. So, uh, cool. so he was he was mentioned uh, for that. Um, I kind of like the idea. I guess it depends on what kind of movie they're making. I kind of like the idea of exploring potentially like maybe like a horror director or something for something like this. Like, sure. you know, a lot of that, the, the dinosaurs like kind of can have that horror element. I'm thinking about maybe somebody like James Wan or even like get crazy, like somebody like the Duffer brothers or something like bring in somebody with okay. like a horror background and just kind of like make it weird. I don't know. Let's, uh, let's get weird with this thing, but they're <laughs> definitely, I mean, we've already said, Hey, July 2nd was really crazy. I mean, it's like probably extremely unlikely now uh, for next year. If you don't even have a director at this point, let alone a cast or, filming dates to begin or anything like that yeah indeed i like the duffer brothers idea that sounds fun <laughs> and, and like you know the, the they, they have a good sensibility for like wonder as well as horror you know what i mean like i think the uh, uh the the stranger things aesthetic is also very like fantastical and like the yeah. powers that she displays and stuff. like there's a certain reverence for her character that mirrors the reverence you see for the dinosaurs in those early outings and that could be kind of fun i like that it makes me wonder if this news wasn't really supposed to get out <laughs> because yeah. it just seems like they aren't ready they aren't prepared um to is it jay or jay scotty who just said they don't even have a cast announced like we can't assume that we're getting bryce dallas howard and chris pratt back and um kind of would be okay i think it's supposed to be a different story anyway so it's just weird. It's like it got leaked and then they were like, well, we got to stick with it now. And then this is not happening next year. It's just crazy. Yeah. I don't think we're getting it next year. I just don't think it's going to happen. 
All right. Up next, in a surprising move, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences announced a new category, Best Achievement in Casting. It's been nearly 25 years since a new category was announced for the Oscars. We've been talking about the Oscars on this show and others lately, and while other new categories were bandied about, this one was really on no one's radar. What's everyone's take on recognizing casting directors? My first thought was that Sarah Hallie Finn will just get this award every year because she casts all of the major stuff in Hollywood. She's mm. cast all of the Marvel stuff from the beginning of time, and she does Star Wars, and like she's in the Disney camp. She does all a lot of their casting. So I was just joking about that when I first saw this. But it's interesting that 25 years has gone by, nearly. Um, 2001 was the last time we had one. It was Best Animated Feature, which is kind of interesting, too. And that in almost 25 years, in almost a quarter of a century, this is the one that they went with. I'm not saying it's not deserving, but a lot of people would rather see like stunt people be recognized at this level of movie making. And so it, it feels a little lukewarm in that sense. Um, and the other thought I had was kind of like, how long do we need to make the Oscars be? Like, at what point do they lose their their prestige as the award in Hollywood to get if you continually add to them and then the awards are continually longer. We know that they've been increasing, you know, best picture went from like what six to now it's 10 pictures and they seem like they're going to keep doing that. So is it going to get watered down if we keep adding things and people start to lose interest? Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it seems like it kind of reminds me of whenever changes were made uh, as the film industry evolved to add things like uh, makeup and like costumes and things like that, like as that became more necessary and part of film, they added categories for it. So it is a good thing that they're doing this, that they're adding this category because there's a lot of people. I mean, that's an engine of Hollywood is to be able to to have casting directors. And some of these people are such on the top of their games that they really deserve to be recognized. But it's the, the Academy's definitely missing some categories here. Like, like what you mentioned, stunts is one that's long overdue. Motion capture is another one. One that's probably long overdue and so there's there's some categories i think like that really need to be kind of brought in with this idea uh so there's you know hopefully hopefully we're not done i'd like to see a couple more things added that just kind of catch up to the times you know a film has changed and as it changes and it, these things become more of just the common way that a movie's made having motion capture and CGI and costumes and, and these types of and digital and all these types of things, you do have to add categories to catch up with the evolution of Hollywood. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I I'm all good with them expanding uh, the idea of the Oscars. I, I, I definitely see what Haley's saying with the uh, idea of watering it down. You got too many Oscars, you know, but I think like the, the, the way that they're delineated into categories makes that a little less. And obviously, uh, the Oscars already has like technical categories, right. That don't even show up on the, mm-hmm. you know, the presentation yeah. or whatever. So I, th- I think they, they will fall into their categories. You know, a stunt man Oscar will be as valuable. Uh, just, just like we think about Oscars now, like there's the top line Oscars that we think of are like the best six categories that we're, those are the really important ones. And then they're all good. They're all good to have, but like there's like best director, best actor, best actress, you know, like those top ones. I feel like there's, there's, there's already a stratification of what's most and least important in the Oscars. And I think that like, that'll just continue to happen. But uh, I think casting's a really cool one and, and it's just kind of a neat, 
I think I, th- I think it's probably something that often gets lumped in with directing because when you're putting together a vision for a film, like that's something that a part of it is casting. Um, but uh, like, yeah, I just think the idea of like in the rubrics we've been thinking about doing covering all these movies on Binger's Assemble and like talking about what's the, who's the best actor and seeing it across across the different movies and the different vibes and like how to compare those different actors. It's really interesting. And like comparing a cast, like the entirety of a cast, not just one actor. Um, I think that's really interesting. And like you get into all kinds of stuff about, yeah, that person's perfect for that role. But they have no chemistry with this other person, you know, like that's, there's so many interesting wrinkles to that, that I think will be fun to talk about for the next 50 years of the Oscars or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I think all the the pros and cons surrounding, you know, this this new addition to the Oscar categories have been pretty thoroughly discussed. So I'll kind of take my my take here to say my mind was absolutely blown that it wasn't until 2001 that, you know, best animated films were were added to the Oscars. Like (laughs) that is baffling to me that like so many of like the the golden era of Disney animation, like your Aladdins and your Lion Kings, like were not up for best picture. That's just like crazy to me. I mean, they would have been like Snow White was up for best picture back when it came out right so oh sure okay but then they got you know watered down because of course all these amazing movies start making and i should say i was mostly playing devil's advocate i'm all for giving the awards to the people who deserve them it's just an interesting thing to think about plus and i can't remember if the variety article said this or not um i don't know that this would be part of the televised presentation or if it would be part of the technical awards that we don't see on tv Mm -hmm. it's a good point interesting one to hear about anyway i like it um okay hey guys uh out there listening to you you multiverse news hounds you we've got a patreon (laughs) patreon.com slash multiverse newscast and you can join it's four dollars a month it's like one less than a dollar an episode and you can support this show we put a lot of work into it uh researching and writing the scripts and like Getting to get it out to you, so please uh, go support us if you can. Uh, and we're gonna move into a quick break. We'll be right back with lots of cool stuff in the lightning round and a Spotify poll. Hey, we got a do we got a MySpace? Yeah, sweet. Hey, MySpace is still, around. <laughs> it's still around, right? Get on that, Jay. <laughs> yeah, didn't like Justin get Timberlake it, buy it or something. <laughs> <laughs> on the MySpace poll this week, we have one response from Tom. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Multiverse News had a MySpace, who would be our top eight? That's the real question. That would be so funny. Ooh, ooh, yeah. James Gunn would have to be like one of them. Oh, yeah. James Gunn's <laughs> definitely on there. Pedro, Florence. Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pedro, sure. yeah. Florence, yeah. The popcorn bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> that was fun. We should have done that on the show. <laughs> Still can. <laughs> Maybe we will. We're already back. We're already back. Let's <laughs> just include that. We'll just come in at some point. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, guys, we're getting at our Spotify poll for this week. Uh, we asked, "What interests you most about the Super Bowl?" Uh, <laughs> this is so funny. Our 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 listenership. I love it. Uh, 30% said the game, <laughs> 56% uh, said the ads, which I feel, I feel that, um, and then 13% said Taylor Swift. I love- <laughs> yeah. that, that really breaks it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really does. 
really does. And Taylor Swift got like almost half as much as the game did in our, in our uh, very scientific poll here. Okay, so real quick, we did trailers. What was everybody's favorite ad? Mine was the Dun Kings one with Ben yeah, Affleck. Yeah, that's it's hard to beat that one. That was uh, I, my my jaw was on the floor that entire ad. I was like, is this real right now? <laughs> I I gotta say the uh, the ad with Jason Momoa with the Scrubs guys for T Mobile was was pretty good. I've seen none of these ads. So I feel bad. <laughs> so you identify with the largest population, but you didn't watch any of the ads. <laughs> well, yes. Or were you in the Taylor Swift camp? I was most interested in a nap during the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on and I watched like uh, I watched like the first twenty minutes, maybe, and then I fell asleep and kept kind of waking up and seeing where the game was and looking at our multiverse news. Uh, conversation and seeing what ads were out and I'd search them on my phone and watch a watch the Deadpool ad or watch the Deadpool trailer or whatever and then just go back to sleep. So I kind of didn't really watch much of the Super Bowl. Oh my god, Jess in the chat makes a really good point about the 13% for Taylor Swift because that's her favorite number. Oh! <laughs> oh. You T-Swifties out there, you did that on purpose. They did it on purpose. Yeah, they, absolutely, they totally you did. definitely did that on purpose. 13 was the number they gave us at dinner tonight too. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> it's all connected. It's all coming together. <laughs> hey, they they announced today that uh, Deadpool, the Deadpool uh, trailer, is the most watched trailer in twenty four hours in history. Ooh, wow. so that's pretty impressive nice. stuff. That is that's good. That seems like maybe billion dollar talk. You ready for that bet yet? Jay? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I still I'm still taking the under. All right, pepper bet, pepper bet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll make it if you'll make it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Okay. Let's do it. A, a billion bill? dollars we're worldwide. We're setting it at a bill. Yep. All a right. bill. A bill. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we're, we're doing this again. We're just like, yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> you both were really into it. Don't don't lie, Jay. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. I had a ton of fun. I had a ton of fun. And I, and I just... Uh, You're kind of hoping hope. you lose, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, you know you know how much I love a ghost... Or a Carolina Reaper. Um, but... I, I I hope that Jay loses and he has a terrible response, like just horrible. And it makes my <laughs> like my level the even kill response like that much cooler. Like that's what I, I'm really. I think for. I would have. I think I would have a normal human response. You had an inhuman response. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe. Maybe. All right. Uh. Wait, you're betting on like it's the same thing. The the pepper. Yeah, what, just because you have them still from Amazon. <laughs> I do. I do still have them. It's, are are it's they going to last until July? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what the shelf life is on those. Like, if I would need to order more or not. Okay, so I'll have to look yeah. into that. I'll come All up right. with an alternative for you guys. Well, if we want an alter, if if you want to do something different, I'm down for something different. I just uh, well, just, we'll think we'll about just, it. We we can keep that as way. yeah. We'll keep that as like the sub in, and then if we think of something yeah. better, we can. I mean, July is okay. a long way away. We we got a poll for this week. All right, I like it. Uh, <laughs> Box office <laughs> <right>. bets, TM. <laughs> We're moving into our lightning round, guys. Our lightning round is where I'm going to read a story, and people here on the panel are going to claim that story by shouting out their name. First one to name, get their name out their mouths. Uh, get their name out their mouths. <laughs> says gets to uh re- gets to respond to that story, and you get one rebuttal for the entirety of the lightning round. Paramount released a. First trailer for its Sonic the Hedgehog spinoff Knuckles starring Idris Elba. The six episode series will debut on Paramount Plus on April 26th. Scotty, uh, you know, 
Knuckles made his appearance in Sonic 2, voiced by Idris Elba, and apparently he was a standout breakout character, so good on him for making the transition to the Paramount Plus series. This March, Marvel Comics will release a prelude comic for X-Men 97, for the X-Men 97 animated TV show. The first issue features a wraparound cover by Russell Dodderman. The limited series will be four issues long. Haley, Marvel used to do this with all of their MCU properties. They'd have a prelude comic, and I'm kind of hoping this means that they're bringing them back because they were sort of a fun thing to read. And Russell Dodderman is one of my favorite cover artists. He's been doing the cover art for Steve Orlando's Scarlet Witch run, which is really good. And um, like actually this week, I think the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver 60th anniversary run started. So he's doing mm. those covers as well. Mm. Very Sweet. Cool. Celine Song is reuniting with A24 for her second feature film following her Best Picture directorial debut, Past Lives. The new film, titled Materialists, is described as a romantic comedy with Dakota Johnson, Pedro Pascal, and Chris Evans in early talks to star. Scotty, there's so much about this story that I love. You got A24, you got Celine Song, you got Chris Evans, you got Pedro Pascal, and one of these is not hey, like you the left others. Something, you left something out, Jay Scotty. What's you that? left something out in your list of things you love. Uh, okay. This is not like the other. Can't wait for the press tour. So, you know, all that being said, you know, all that being said, I trust Celine Song. I, I hope Dakota Johnson, you know, brings something that I haven't seen from her, and maybe the this will be a peanut butter falcon situation where you know the talent around her just makes her bearable <laughs> so, all oh, that being man. said am i going to see madam webb yes i am so i will let you know yeah. what that performance you, is like Scotty. afterwards please text me like we need therapy <laughs> of early <laughs> early reviews for madam webb by the way have been almost universally terrible um, <laughs> yeah and, uh, i want to isn't it 16 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> when i checked earlier today it was at 16 yeah know? so so it went uh, down from 23 <laughs> all right madam webb is currently at 16 percent on rotten tomatoes matt i'm excited anyway i'm going to see it and you know we're gonna we're gonna have fun and we're gonna do an mcu cast about it and jay scotty's joining me and we're gonna have a good time and you know even if it's bad we're gonna have a good time uh, hey madam webb makes a billion dollars yes or no i'm taking the under <laughs> well you already took the under what do i do what do i do uh, uh, honestly i think the better bet there is does does that movie earn a razzie Ooh, 100%. Man. That's uh that's an interesting bet. <laughs> I I uh I do think this is going to be it's going to be bad. Like I I am I never go to movies not wanting to enjoy them. Like I always go wanting to like them and that's I'm I I'm always positive on these shows cuz I don't like going to things to not like them, you know. Um I admit when there's problems, but I do fear me just coming onto the MCU cast this week and being like <laughs> It's terrible, you guys. I was hopeful. I was cautiously optimistic. It's the, terrible. I, the I just like I feel that in my heart is coming. I do. I do. Uh, I have very much enjoyed the Dakota Johnson press tour, though, just for the chaos that it's brought to this world, uh, and yeah. just like the just the quotes that she's put out there, basically saying, "Hey, this movie sucks," and like we hated <laughs> making it, but you know, whatever. I'm in it, I guess. You know what? You know though. Given our dislike for what we've seen from Dakota Johnson in the past, what if it's like a reverse 
it's a Dakota Johnson psychology situation <laughs> where like <laughs> she's when she's promoting something and likes it, we all hate it. So maybe if she doesn't like it, it's a good sign. <laughs> I don't. The, I don't know. I think about the director. That. They asked the director, I think on the red carpet, I saw like, hey, what was it like working with Dakota Johnson? And she did just an amazing job of saying something where you know what she's trying to say, but she said it in a way that like was sort of a compliment. But it was like, well, we just found out very early that she was very, very good with like dark, unintentional humor. And we just were <laughs> like, we really had to lean into that, which basically said like, well, we she was really hard to work with. <laughs> We found out very quickly that we were going to have to make it seem like she's joking. I was like, um, that, was the, that was the stealthiest backhand I've ever seen in my life. She's good at being unintentional, yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, seven Star Wars comics will feature variant covers featuring some of the women of the galaxy far, far away for Women's History Month in March. Haley, I just can't. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> I'm very excited about this. These covers looked great. I'm obviously going to get the Ahsoka one because it's cool. Um, but there's tons of Star Wars comics out there, and each of these fall into a current run that's going on. Sweet. HBO is developing an Aegon's Conquest Game of Thrones series, which will serve as a prequel to House of the Dragon. Matson Tomlin, who wrote parts of Matt Reeves' The Batman and is co-writing the upcoming sequel, will write the series. Matt. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and if I'm wrong, I'll feel embarrassed since I claim this story. Uh, Aegon is the originator, like, of the one who conquered Westeros for, for House Targaryen, right? There's multiple Aegons in the story, but I'm, I'm assuming this is following Aegon's conquest of Westeros. Any, anybody yes, I think so. disagree with that? That's how I read it. Scotty, is we, that we, what you were thinking, too? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We covered... Um, House of the Dragon on uh, Pandavision last year, mm -hmm. and uh, my buddy, um, my buddy Josh Jordan is a uh, big fan, like likes the lore and just all the stuff we're learning about the lore, like him telling me about the lore of Aegon and like the the sort of height of the Targaryen house and like the massive number of dragons and the technology they had and all this stuff. It just makes me really excited. Like I've been wanting. Ever since we did that on Panavision, talked about it so much, and Aegon came up so much, I was like, I want to see that story. But it seems like it kept seeming like a really hard story to make. And it also seems like a story, because the dragons are so prevalent, it seems like a story that will be, lean more toward the fantasy, which Game of Thrones tends to be like, there's fantasy, but it, most of the episodes are fairly grounded. And I do fear that it will be such a shift in tone, the audience won't go with it. I will. I think it sounds really fun. Um, I love a good, like, you know, fantastical story. So I I'm really excited for this. Up next, after being saved from a tax break death at Warner Brothers, the John Cena and Lana Condor movie Coyote vs. Acme is officially being shelved forever. Although Warner Brothers did attempt to shop the film to other studios, including Netflix, Amazon, and Paramount, their asking price of between $75 and $80 million for the film was too high to attract a buyer. Jay, uh, this is some great Hollywood drama. And it is a story that we talked about a few weeks ago because there was a lot of backlash to the original move. So the original move was we made this movie. 
we're going to scrap it for a tax write-off. And there was a big pushback from Hollywood. Uh, a lot of the talent involved with the film came out against that, saying, like, we made a movie. Like, we want the ability to get the movie out there. You did this with Batgirl, and now you're doing it with another movie. And it's kind of this sin that's being committed uh, in the industry. Mm-hmm. So then it went quiet for a little while and the story ended with, okay, we're going to think about this in a different way. We're going to try to shop it to another studio, which they did. And apparently the tax write-off was worth somewhere between 30 and $40 million. They were asking about double that for someone to buy the film. And they took pitches from these films, but then they decided that they would not hear counter offers. So evidently they came into the room and said, Hey, $80 million. Do you want coyote versus Acme? And the studio said, how about this amount, which we don't know. Um, and they said, no. So they were not willing to hear counter offers. Now the article that came out with this also stated that David Zaslav did not even watch the movie, uh, which is just like another uh, layer of insult uh, to the whole thing. But this has opened up a large conversation in Hollywood about the ethics. And it's even brought, like I saw a senator, I believe, from Texas tweeting out, like, the Department of Justice needs to look into this uh, as, a, as a bad business practice that maybe needs to be mm-hmm. investigated. Like, So it's opened up a very large conversation about this because, you know, you think about, like, a lot of people come out again when they hear this type of stuff. They're like, well, the actors already got paid millions of dollars. Who cares? They already signed their contracts. They did the thing. They made a bunch of money. Okay, but the vast, vast majority of people that work on a movie aren't making millions of dollars. They're making money, but then they need those credits for working on a movie to continue to get more work. So if you're doing like the VFX work on a movie, you're getting, you're not making millions of dollars to do that. And then you need to have that film to be able to say, hey, I was working on this. Here's the film. You've seen it. You liked it. Now can I get more work? So this movie, doing this, this move, really sticks it to those people uh, in the industry, people who put their blood, sweat, and tears and time into making a movie, and then they're going to have nothing Mm -hmm. on the resume to show for it. Even if they got paid for it, they're going to have nothing on the resume, which is very, very important uh, in this industry. So it's a really, this is a fascinating story. Um, It seems like... I guess it just, I mean, fans will, you know, fans will get over it because they have to, but I think the industry, I don't know if the industry wants to get over it. Right. And so it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating, fascinating thing. Yeah. The Warner brothers needs to be punished and like a rebuttal, I guess Uh, Warner brothers really doesn't need to be punished for this. This is terrible. Uh, This is the second movie, major motion picture they've canceled this way. And it's just, it's not only is it, uh, I, I, I consider it like, it should be the law should be written that this should be tax fraud in my opinion. Cause what they're doing is they're paying a bunch of actors to make a movie and then they're making the taxpayers pay them back for the movie they made. And that means it has to make no, there's no quality. There's no, like you're not serving an industry. You're not creating something of value. Um, it, it's just using tax dollars to fund a project and then when it doesn't work out you just let the taxpayers pay for it i think it's wrong i think it should be illegal um and i think that it's speaking to all the things you said jay i I think that like the artists should revolt as they did when this hat when this originally was announced but this is something that you have to like people get riled up about something and then it goes quiet for a while and then they quietly do it again and it's still the same result, 
like I really hope that those those directors and writers who Warner Brothers was uh, looking at losing when this all happened the first time, I hope they lose all those writers and directors. I hope those people won't work with them anymore. And I hope that if if we can't punish them legally because the law is not written that way yet, I think that the industry should punish Warner Brothers. Um, this is terrible, terrible business practice. Scotty, with a quick rebuttal as well, we probably could have made a, a feature out of this one with the the rippling mm-hmm. ramifications here. But uh, Matt, you made a point about like, is Warner Brothers creating something of like without value and just like getting away with it? And they are the ones that have deemed it as as being without value because yeah. I I've been on record. You know, I don't think anybody goes into making a film with the desire to make a a a bad film or a a, a you know there are there are certain instances where it's like oh we wanted to retain the rights so we just we kind of put something out there. But what so makes me- this one? sting especially is like when when it happened with Batgirl it stung and I still want to see that movie but the general consensus was like yeah it was not a very good movie it probably wasn't a very good movie but everything I'm hearing about Coyote versus Acme is like people say it was actually a decent movie it was a good quality entertaining film and now it's one that we're never going to see and that just makes that hurt even worse so did it have value apparently it had some value but Warner Brothers and David Zaslav said not enough value for us my apologies I didn't mean to uh, say that the movie didn't have value. I meant to say this move means it has no value to the audience because we don't sure. get it anymore. Sure. It doesn't have no value in the marketplace because they've removed it from the marketplace. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and you're right. It did screen very, very well uh, from the test screenings that were done of it. And um, hmm. yeah, it's 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 sad. James Gunn is in a weird position because he helped write this movie and he has been hmm. dead silent. Uh, he when When it first came out, uh, it, he tweeted a picture of the coyote on Instagram and that was it. And it, and, uh, so it's like, you kind of knew what he was saying, you know? Um, mm. and then ever since he's been quiet, but I mean, he works for Warner brothers. Like he, <laughs> he wants to work again, you know, like it's like a weird, he's in a weird position, um, with this type of stuff. And I think a lot of creatives are in a weird position, uh, with this whole mm-hmm. thing I'm just highlighting him as an example, but I think a lot of people are kind of caught in the middle. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> Moving on. Wicked author. Gregory Maguire will release a new prequel titled Elfie, A Wicked Childhood on October 1st. Maguire has written eight Oz-inspired books. Haley, it's a prequel prequel because Wicked is a prequel to The Wizard of Oz. Uh, (laughs) They are also putting out a collector's edition and a movie tie-in edition. So I think that they're banking on this movie doing well and increasing interest in this book, which is... Uh, at least 25 years old now, if not more. Mm. Yeah, prequel or prequel, man. Snake <laughs> eating its own tail. Tail eating its own snake. <laughs> Dan Trachtenberg, who earned an Emmy nomination for his 2022 Predator Universe movie, Prey, is returning to the sci-fi action horror franchise. Titled Badlands, the new feature is not a sequel to Prey, Plot details are being kept secret at the moment, but the movie is believed to be set in the future. Scotty, uh, I'll just say like I, I love that first Prey movie. I think it was kind of a shame that it was only released on Hulu and not put out in theaters. And I think uh, Trachtenberg was on on record saying that he felt the same way. So we were just kind of talking about you know potential directors for the Jurassic franchise, and I think Trachtenberg is a guy that's really you know uh, established himself as someone that's able to pay homage to existing franchises while also pushing the envelope forward. So you know finding out that this is not a a sequel. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, my, my mind is completely open. I, I am totally on board for whatever Dan Trachtenberg wants to do here. Sweet. 
FX's The Bear will return for its third season in June, and this time will be released all at once for binging. Jay, I think it has always been released for binging. Pretty sure. I don't remember. Now it's all getting kind of fuzzy. But um, but yeah, this makes sense because FX, the chairperson of FX, he's uh, getting pretty nervous right now. He was just quoted the other day as saying, like, we desperately need hits, like, so bad <laughs> because we just don't <laughs> really have any hits. And so they're uh, they got to they got to come back to the to the one thing that they know will have success, which is the bear. They're like, let's get this thing going for five more seasons. Like if it'll make Man. you stay on Hulu. <laughs> Nathan Fillion, who is set to star in Superman Legacy as Guy Gardner slash Green Lantern, told Entertainment Tonight that he is heading to Atlanta for a table read and costume fitting. David Corrin's sweat is reportedly already there. Haley, this is kind of a quiet little thing. I'm surprised that James hasn't been uh, blowing up threads with some more script pictures and stuff. But uh, it feels like, you know, Nathan Fillion would be excited to say this. So clearly he's looking forward to filming. Mm. Love Nathan Fillion. Sony Pictures has cast Ben Wong, best known as the star of Disney Plus series American Born Chinese, to star in the latest upcoming installment in the Karate Kid franchise alongside Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio. Scotty. Uh, Okay, so as this movie continues to shape up, it seems like we're pulling more from like outside of the Cobra Kai show and and trying to do something new and, and I guess revisit those old films rather than be a, a direct continuation of that, which I, I, is a good and bad thing. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the TV show. So um, I would like, you know, some continuity there, but I also understand how not everybody's watched that show and they have to make this thing appeal to a, a wide and an international audience. So it sounds like a good, uh, a good casting. Sweet. During an interview with Empire Magazine, who released a massive issue for the 25th anniversary of the Star Wars prequels, Samuel L. Jackson, man, 25 years. <laughs> it's the theme of this show. Where has my life gone, guys? What did I do? Everybody, everybody take their multivitamin today. Just checking in. Yeah, 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 no, I'm rebelling against you. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson declared that his character Mace Windu is not dead and was enthusiastic about the idea of a Disney Plus series. Haley, listen. This is Samuel L. Jackson saying whatever he can to get back into Star Wars. I don't blame him. I'd do the same thing (laughs) if I was him because, you know, it's badass and I want to be in Star Wars as well. So don't take this like as gospel like this is going to (laughs) happen. I've been saving the rebuttal for this one, so I got to get it for this one. Uh, Yeah, like Samuel L. Jackson, I mean, he has always in his career, he is about that money. Like he will do a, (laughs) he will do a role and then he will do that role over and over and over again. Like Nick Fury is the perfect example. He's like, you want me to be in the next, the next thing that has to do with the Avengers? Like, sure, of course I'll be there. You know, a lot of actors, they don't they don't do that like once they're in it a few times and they start getting bigger roles they're like goodbye i've moved on but samuel jackson has always just been constantly there over and over if they need him and so this is the least surprising thing ever you know like most other actors when asked about this they'd be like well i don't know you have to ask george lucas about that you know or whatever but he's just like no he's not dead he's not dead you know this is the, the, the this is the same man who walked in and george lucas tried to hand him like a green lightsaber or something he was like can we just make it purple 
And he's like, why? He's like, because I like purple. And he's like, I mean, I guess. And so they had to write like whole canon <laughs> yep. around like, oh yeah, this is why it's, this is purple. It's really just because Samuel Jackson thought it looked cool, you know? So mm-hmm. more power to you, you know, go get that money. Like, uh, go get it. Get that series. Just yeah. don't make him run. That's like his thing. Uh, his stipulation <laughs> scripts. Don't make yeah. me run. <laughs> um, I can't help but think I don't think this made it to the the doc because it was a total rumor. But I've I've heard that you know Tom Cruise has heavily been rumored to be attached to Quentin Tarantino's final film, which is like I guess about a movie critic. So I can't help but think about like you you talk about Samuel L. Jackson's career and like who else can like appear in every single like Tarantino film, but then also go and do like Snakes on a Plane. It it, it doesn't affect him at all. Like he is un- <laughs> untouchable. Like he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, he can. <laughs> tiny butt he can do it every once but his last foray into disney plus would did not go so true well. that's fair. um <laughs> he he's and it, I, I still consider him untouchable he's great yeah um, and, and even when i all. think about secret invasion <laughs> yeah. he's great in it yeah. uh it's just it's just i'm i would if i were him i'd be like ooh, that did not get good praise maybe i put my heart into that and it did not do well like i don't know that i'd be like yeah give me another disney plus series right now Man, he don't care. I just picture like Dave Filoni like putting his face in his hands, just being like, "How am I going to write that this that this character has been alive this whole time and we haven't heard from him in all these yeah. years?" He's like, yeah, yeah, getting yeah. a headache just trying to think about it. Nah, he's the one that did that with Darth Maul. It's fine. He can make it happen. <laughs> that is that is very true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, but it's like we have explored the Galactic War from that point till like the current era, like intensely at this point with all this animation and Mace Window never showed back up. Like <laughs> it's pretty uh it would be pretty suspect. Amnesia is all I got. Like that's all I can think. He like fell too far and got amnesia. Um okay. <laughs> it's real soap opery. A first look image of Michael Jackson's nephew Jafar Jackson's portrayal of him in a biopic has been released. Haley? I didn't know they were doing this movie and first of all jafar is a really cool name to have so <laughs> like that's awesome <laughs> but the picture of him i mean he looks just like michael he jackson does. uh from that era and so i hope it's good yeah Stephen Amell has been cast in the lead role of Ted Black for Suits LA, a spinoff series of suits which has had a major resurgence on netflix Haley, this is so funny to me. Like, <laughs> of, I mean, a lot of shows have had, like, gained new viewers when it comes to Netflix and people binge it. And they're like, oh, my God, have you ever seen the show? And it's like, yeah, it's 15 years old. And this is, I feel like, the first really big one to get the spinoff of the old show that became a thing on Netflix. And now it gets a new show. Like, it's going to be the new trend in the requel, sequel, whatever the vocabulary term is. Hmm. Sony is shutting down its Funimation app and moving subscribers over to Crunchyroll. Yeah, both of these apps are for anime viewers. So this has really come down to the great debate about, like, physical media. Because with the Funimation app, it allowed people to make purchases for, you know, uh, anime content. But... With the transition to Crunchyroll, those purchases are not going to make the transition over. So it's made a lot of people, uh, you know, upset and understandably so. Mm, absolutely. Tiny but not really a response, but um, I don't think we've talked about that Best Buy is no longer selling physical media in their stores. Crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's that wild. 
that's uh, yeah when i go to best buy i definitely still i never buy which is why i get it but like i definitely <laughs> wander those aisles every time i'm in there like yeah. ooh, look at all these movies i can stream best buy quietly has like one of the best like collectible sections like they got some decent yeah. action figures and collectibles and stuff like that yeah i was i'm always yeah, yeah. surprised yeah. Hmm. yeah it's cool all right well that's the stories for this week uh by the way we have social media we just got a brand new uh tiktok this week that we're going to be posting clips on so uh at multiverse newscast on tiktok at multiverse newscast on instagram as well right Yes, we are Multiverse Newscast on Instagram, and we are MV Newscast on Twitter. Or X, I guess. Everything is That's hard. what it's called now. Everything's different. <laughs> you have to have different size some guy for different took, things. And- some guy took Multiverse Newscast, and he hasn't posted in like 15 years, but <laughs> oh. he still has that account, so there's just nothing I can do about it. You know? We just yeah. Gotta, yeah. Oh, well. Well, so we're Multiverse MV Newscast... Newscast. <laughs> Or MV Newscast on uh, on on Twitter. Uh, check those out, J- especially if you haven't heard the, about the TikTok yet. If you listen to the show and you like TikTok, go follow us. We'll be having stuff on there all the time. Um, and uh, we'll be back soon. Let's hear uh, where they can find everybody online. Uh, J. Scotty St. Clair. Yeah, check me out over on Animation Deliberation for all your animation needs, as well as Binger's Assemble, where the Oscars coverage is ongoing, and uh, there's a Dune sequel right around the corner, so we may be doing some coverage for that. Ooh. And Haley Hobbs. Uh, yeah, the Binger stuff, like Scotty said, and then on Source Pages, we um, we, we are covering Madam Web. <laughs> so. <laughs> the, hero, the hero we need. That's uh, right. The hero we need. Hey, somebody's right got to do it, you know. Uh, I just bought my ticket. I'll be having an alcoholic drink during that movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jay Sisson. <laughs> I'm at Commute the Podcast, where you can learn a couple interesting things on your way to work for like 20 minutes of your time. So uh, come check us out over there. And I don't, th- you know, I don't get to go to the theater very often. I don't think I'm going to spin one of my trips on Madam Web. You know, I'm not. I'm not a hater. I'm just saying, like, I got to pick and choose. I will be spending my money on Madam Web <laughs> and money and time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be dropping that probably Friday morning on the MCU cast. We're going to cover cover uh, instant reaction to Madam Web and see. I, I am excited about it. Like, it's going to, even if it's terrible, I'm excited to see what they do with different connections inside the Sony-verse. And, so, you know, the last... Uh, uh, s- s- couple of Sony movies were very had a very con- interesting connections throughout. So, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, me and Jay Scotty will be over there this week talking about it. Uh, <laughs> and we'll be back soon, guys. Peace. You stay classy, multiverse. <laughs>